This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about poppy seeds. And we're back. We're back in person for the first time in a while. Yes. So I'll be clearing my throat right here next to Matthew, because Mm -hmm. every time we record in the morning, I've got morning throat. Yep. Uh, And I'll be uh, just like... What will you be doing? I'll be making uh, the the sound of the belted kingfisher, which a a listener kindly sent to me, um, which sounds like... I'm doing it badly. That's pretty good. You know, I was listening on the way over here to... um, Bird bird songs? No, no, but I was listening... Andrew Bird songs? (laughs) (laughs) I was listening on the way over here to a really interesting Planet Money episode about Osage head rights. Yes, yeah. And anyway, the woman who did the imitation of the sound of the oil derrick... Sounds, you know, not mm-hmm. unlike the belted kingfisher. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, today's episode, Poppy Seeds, was suggested by listener Toby. Thanks, listener Toby. And I yeah. have a feeling this was suggested probably years ago. I think so, too, because I do remember scrolling past this in our list of possible episode ideas. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Scrolling, scrolling. Doom scrolling, yeah. as they call it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. When, oh, God. Poppy seeds. Oh. Uh, uh, onion rings. Oh. Uh, okay. Wait, these are all good things. So listen, I I'm, I'm listening. I'm ready to start out with my memory lane here. Okay, let's do it. Which is that okay, so I have talked before about <laughs> the time in my childhood, aka history, <laughs> when bagels arrived in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure I made the same joke last time it was the Oklahoma bagel rush. They that's all, right. Yeah. That's right. And uh they set up camp in Cassidy Square. Okay. At the New Bit. York bagel shop. Been there, not to Cassidy Square. And the first bagel that I ever came to call my favorite bagel was a poppy seed bagel. And Excellent. I, and I think that that was my introduction to poppy seeds, like full stop. Yeah, I think mine was either a bagel or a hamantaschen. Okay. You know what, Matthew? I don't think I've ever had a hamantaschen. Uh, I should have gotten some. I, I'm not going to make some. I'm, but I, I mean, I think that this makes me, if nothing else made me a, a truly bad, like, secular half-Jew, Okay. this makes me really bad. Yeah, like you already already were, like, on the ropes 
And this, uh, yeah. this pushed, I mean, you, I was, pushed I, you over into into purgatory. That's right. Yeah, I've I've had plenty of hamantash in my time. Like, I gotta say, like I know I know of like uh, probably danced around this before, but like you know I I am uh, Jewish on both sides, and like there just aren't any like you know beloved Jewish foods that are my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would put hamantash in that category. I do enjoy a good poppy seed Wait, bagel. Wait, so you're very saying much. you're saying it's not one of not your favorites. one of my favorites? Okay, what about other forms of ham like other flavors of hamantash? All of them are fine. Like, I don't hate them. Oh, but I, my God. You're going to get us canceled. I mean, not you. Like, we've already been canceled ever since you said the thing about biscuits and gravy. Oh. So so it's fine. No, like, we have we got, zero listeners left. And we're just we're just I, like wanking this thought, in our own parlor here. Ew, yuck. Ow. I'm not even going to repeat that. Why? Why would you? Just to try to unpack it. Mm. No, Matthew, we actually got canceled back when we said we prefer cold fruit to room temperature <laughs> That's fruit. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So I think actually my first encounter. So my dad uh, was Jewish, you know, in, in the the bloodline sense, mm-hmm. albeit not in the religious sense. So I am not technically Jewish at all. But I remember, you know, I, I would hear about various like pastries and things that I actually was never offered or <laughs> never showed up in my household. Okay, sure. But when I went to Paris for the first time as like a young adult, like living there with a host family, the Marais was like a newly hip neighborhood at that oh, time. Sure. This was a long time ago. And there are uh, a number of really well-established Jewish bakeries in the Marais, which is historically Jewish area in the center of Paris. Yeah. I remember standing in the window. I mean, I would pass by them all the time going to and from the subway. And I remember standing, like looking through the window all the time, like marveling at this sheer density of ground poppy seeds in some of these pastries in these Jewish bakeries. Like, you know, more than an inch thick of ground poppy seeds in a pastry. And And it was my first time ever encountering that. Yeah, I don't think I realized until like, you know, long after I should have that that there's a difference between whole poppy seeds and ground poppy seeds. I think I assumed for a long time that they're so small, like what would you get out of grinding them? You know, I still don't know, Matthew. So I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit about it. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. Because the truth is, is when I did go into those bakeries, what I bought was this like really dense chocolate cake type thing. Oh, I didn't realize you were even going to go in. I thought you were just no, going to like no. press your, your face up against the glass. <laughs> no, I would marvel at the poppy seed pastries and then I would go in and buy this like really dense chocolate cake that was like close to a brownie. Sure. Oh my that God. That sounds good. So good. So good. Yeah. So I remember uh, hamantaschen and poppy seed bagels, like specifically where and when. I don't know. I know definitely like uh, uh, New York Bagel Boys, I think was the name of the bagel place near me in the suburbs of Portland. Um, And I'm sure and I know I would get poppy seed bagel sometimes, everything bagel, which includes poppy seeds sometimes. And I remember lemon poppy seed muffins and, and almond poppy seed muffins also. So my freshman dining hall in college, they had I remember on top of the salad bar, there were always like slices of cake like plated on plates and they had a bunt cake that was an almond poppy seed bunt cake and I think it was the first time I had ever encountered a cake that was like so intensely almond extracty so good yeah oh my god it was so good it was 
life-changing. Truly, truly. That was where I discovered how much I love almond extract. Yeah, like I would totally go for an almond poppy seed muffin or cake over lemon poppy seed. I have Betty Crocker lemon poppy seed muffins here because I wanted to have some poppy seed thing. What does the poppy... Well, we're going to eat these and I want to talk about what we actually think the poppy seed in the small quantities in which it appears in these muffins, what we think it actually contributes. Oh, I think it contributes something and we'll talk about it. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, Shall we we invite uh, Mr. Botany? Yeah, can I eat a muffin while Mr. Yeah, Botany is on, on his way? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to like, these are muffins from a box. Are they great? No. Are they fine? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, so what are poppy seeds? Well, poppy seeds are the seeds of the opium poppy, Popover somniferum. I've grown them. Okay. And people well, have been eating them and using them medicinally for millennia mm-hmm. to the point that uh, the Ebers papyrus from circa 1550 BC from ancient Egypt mentions poppy seeds as a sedative. However, the seeds are relatively low in opiates compared to the rest of the plant. I want to uh, say, actually, I haven't grown the opium poppy specifically. Mm. I've, I've grown the bread seed poppy, which used to be illegal to grow. Sure. Anyway, go on. No, that, that was something I did not actually know that you cannot get edible poppy seeds from any kind of poppy that cannot also be used to make opium, That's morphine, right. or, or heroin. That's right. Okay, okay but so, so Matthew, are mm-hmm. we going to get high? We are on not. these muffins. I mean, maybe maybe if you really love boxed muffins, you know this this boxed muffin is way better than most of oh, what you find in a, in a yeah. coffee shop. Mm-hmm. It's got some crispiness to the edges. Mm-hmm. Also, the poppy seeds already. I've got some thoughts mm-hmm. on what they're contributing. Okay, so the seeds come from the seed pod. And this is the first time I can remember in quite a while that the fruit that we're talking about is not a berry or a droop. It's a capsule. Oh, my God. Ring the bells. And a capsule, what a day. A capsule is just like a – it's a very simple fruit. It's just like a like a hard, leathery shell with with some amount of seeds inside. And in this case, it's a lot. Does it contain like a cassette tape and like magazines and stuff? And was it buried for a while? Yes, yes. This is this is a time time capsule. It's got <laughs> – what what's on the cassette, mm. do you think? Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. I was I was going to say like King Crimson for some reason. <laughs> um I think of I think of time capsules as being like a 60s 70s thing. Okay, so let yeah, let's put on there, I don't know, CCR. Some, yeah, Joni Mitchell. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. All right, uh, what else is in in our uh our seed capsule? So, I mean, thousands of poppy seeds and I learned something while researching this episode that I never knew before and was shocked. Okay. If I had said to you, it's too late now because you've seen the agenda, but uh, just like take yourself back a few minutes. If I had said to you, what shape are poppy seeds? What would you have said? Round. Yeah, I would have said spherical. They are not. They are kidney shaped. Really? Yes. If you, if you zoom in. Did you get in, out a magnifying glass? I did not get out a ma- I, I have a magnifying glass. I don't have any poppy seeds other than the ones that are in these muffins. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, we can pull up, a, a like, a photo of, like, an electron micrograph. It's fine. It doesn't even have to be electron. A, I was uh, going to say, wow, how powerful <laughs> do we need this to be? We have to, yeah, yeah, we have to magnify at least two million times. Uh, but, no, they're little kidney-shaped seeds. That's so cute. So, hold on. Can I go back to the capsule really quick? Uh, so, the time capsule? Yeah. So, the seed pod, you say it looks like a little ball with grooves on top, and it contains, like, tons yeah. and tons of these little seeds. So I, I just want to add that, 
if you've ever grown poppies, especially like bread seed poppies where this is really visible, I mean, you know, when the petals and the stamen and stuff fall off, you've got this ball up mm-hmm. there and it is literally full of poppy seeds. Like if you shake it, it sounds like a little maraca. Yeah, like like every, botanically speaking, every fruit and like culturally speaking, most fruits, it's the enlarged ovary of the plant. Yeah, no, and, and in the case of a poppy, it, it is particularly huge and visible. It's engorged. Oh, <laughs> hmm. corpus callosum. <laughs> what? Isn't that the tissue that becomes engorged in a poppy? Corpus isn't corpus callosum like the the, the like wires between the two sides of the brain? <laughs> I thought that it was the spongy tissue that holds a poppy erect. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I use you what I'm using poppy as a, a metaphor for. Oh, oh, so, so, wait, but I don't think, I don't think there's corpus callosum in the penis either. Is that, is that what you're getting at? Because I don't think so. Wait a minute. I, we got to look this up. <laughs> okay. Let, just Google what's in the penis. <laughs> what's what? in the penis? Oh, that's funny. You're, you're, you're trying to come up with like the, the, uh, the <laughs> medical term for like the erectile tissue. Shh. Okay. I don't know the answer. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I know it's not corpus callosum, I, I, mean, I think. You're right. Corpus callosum is the primary commissural region of the brain, consisting of white matter tracts that connects the left and right hemisphere. Yep, uh-huh. Pretty important. So now do I Google what's in the <laughs> I don't I do not know how to how to form a search query what's that isn't just gonna result in, in a billion dick pics. The penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the parts of the penis are okay. the base shaft glands and foreskin. <clears throat> oh, I, I think. Corpus cavernosum. Oh and corpus nice. spongiosum. There's corpus See? spongiosum? <laughs> yes. Corpus cavernosum and corpus spongiosum. Of all the things I didn't know I was carrying around. <laughs> you know, I am thrilled I, okay, that I'm, I'm I at impressed. least got the yes. corpus and the um yes. right. No, I, I'm giving you, you're right. You get like an A minus for this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or, or a D plus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, let's get back to business here. How many? <laughs> Can we? Okay. Okay, where were we? Uh, yeah, you were going to set me up for this fact about like how many poppy seeds are in a gram. Okay, a gram being um, a very small amount. So, like one twenty eighth of an ounce. Yeah, it sounds right. Okay, uh, there are thirty three hundred, about thirty three hundred wow. poppy seeds in a gram, and about one to two million in a pound. Wow. Okay. So these things are grown where? Uh, mostly Turkey, the Czech Republic, and Spain. Spain. Um, huh. I feel okay. like like every time we look up a plant, like Turkey is always like up, way up there on the list. So where like Turkey, Turkey, Turkey is apricots. like a yeah is like a real like monster when it comes to agricultural exports. Yeah, what happens to the rest of the plant? So you you said that actually the seeds are pretty low in opium. Yeah, compared so, to the or opiates compared to the rest of the plant. So what what happens to the rest of the plant? Yeah, so I didn't realize this that um okay, so first of all the uh the remainder after after the poppy seeds are harvested, uh the parts that haven't already fallen off like the petals are gone by then um sure. and you've got the the seed pod and the the dried stem and that's called the poppy straw. And that huh. is the part that is used to extract uh morphine and other opiates and to this day almost all of the morphine used medicinally is made from poppies. 
It's not like it can it's be. It's not fabricated. It can't. Yeah, it well, can be, be artificially syn- synthesized, but it is cheaper and easier to just extract it from poppies. Interesting. Okay, and and wait, just to be clear, if it were synthesized in a lab, that would be we would call it an opioid as opposed to an opiate. I'm not sure if that refers to like the process, the production process, or, or the, the chemical structure. Or okay. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, and so you have probably heard tell that like, you know, eating too many poppy seeds can make you fail a drug test. I didn't know whether this was like an urban legend and I didn't know whether drug tests had gotten more sophisticated and would have like fewer false positives. I found guidance from the Department of Defense dated February 2023 warning service members not to eat any foods with poppy seeds because it can show up positive for codeine on a drug test. Wow. So it didn't it, it's not actually like a ban. It just it just it's strongly recommendation. recommends. I did not know that the Department of Defense made strong recommendations. I figured it was always like, you know, do this, don't do that. Like, what does this stuff taste like? Because in truth, so I've now just eaten an entire one of these muffins. And mostly what I can identify about the poppy seeds. Granted, we're talking about a boxed muffin mix yeah, here. But, I, but mostly yeah. what I'm getting is this delightful little crunch. Get the little crunch. But I feel like I always want to describe the flavor as throaty. And I, do, I know that doesn't mean anything. But it's like it's that I feel... The the flavor kind of hangs out like in the back of the mouth for me. Do you have any just poppy seeds in a jar? I don't think we do. Oh my god, I should have brought some. I know I, I, I should have gotten some. Uh, okay, but like I mean, I guess I'm thinking of okay. So I'm going to think about the difference gonna between. Spend, we're going to spend the next couple of hours <laughs> picking them out of these muffins. No, no, but I'm thinking about the difference in flavor between a poppy seed muffin and a sesame seed muffin. Okay, I mean, do, excuse me, a poppy seed bagel and a sesame seed bagel. Do do the thing I just did, like like uh, pluck one out of there and and like you know with as little muffin flesh as possible and eat it because it has a very distinct flavor. Like I think of it like I don't know how to describe it. I'm not, I'm like a you know failed food writer. But I think of it as being kind of like celery in the sense that you don't think of it as having any particular flavor, just texture. But then when you actually eat it, you're like, oh, this has like a a pretty intense flavor. No? I I feel like I'm still getting like a whiff of the lemon flavoring. Fine. No, but I I think I know what you mean. Because like just think about the difference between a a poppy seed bagel and a sesame seed bagel. Or even a plain bagel. A poppy seed bagel and a plain bagel. No, I'm so – they taste very different from sesame seeds. Um, I'm glad you brought up sesame bagels because uh, while I was researching, I learned that um, the two most popular flavors of Montreal bagel – Oh, there we go. um, I got the flavor. Good. I got the flavor. It is – you're right. There's something um, vegetal about it. It. The two most popular flavors of, of Montreal bagel are Glen Noir, which is poppy seed, and Glen Blanche, which is sesame. Oh, that I like Isn't that. that cute? That's a nice way and of saying it. And I also learned, uh, this has nothing to do with poppy seeds, but that the French term for New York bagels is le bagel New Yorkais, le bagel New Yorkais. Mm. It wouldn't be bagel, would it? I don't no. think so. Le bagel New Yorkais. I think they'd say like le bagel, uh, le, le bagel. Le bagel New Yorkais. Something like that. So, yeah. So um, the most desirable poppy seeds, it seems like, are the bluish ones. But mm-hmm. different varieties of poppy produce different colors of seeds. And white and black seeds are also popular. And they all taste about the same, it seems like. Do you think that if I – so right now at home uh, – so we're recording this at a time when it's the beginning of the growing season here. Uh, did you know that the average last frost date in Seattle is April 6th? I didn't know that. Uh 
wife and sister Lori and I were talking about recently how um, we we remember it snowing in Seattle in April like several times yes. since we since we've lived here like never sticking but like a little flakage. Yeah. So I have been starting seedlings like in my kitchen in the window. And I, some of what I started were California poppies. And, they, and a seedling is just a small seed, right? That, uh, it, it's like a small plant. I know. Yes. And so my poppies have not done well. So I'm going to direct seed them into the ground mm. instead of transplanting these little seedlings outside. So I've, I've still got like, you know, packets of seeds because I didn't use all of it. Could I like eat one of them? Like would something grow in your tummy? Would something grow? I love it when you say tummy. <laughs> would some like would it taste bad? Like would I die if I ate like a seed that is like a California poppy seed? Or I mean, is there a particular type of poppy? Is it the bread seed poppy that all of these edible seeds are coming from? So I think as long as it's popover somniferum, it produces edible seeds. And the other types of poppies don't produce like poisonous seeds. They just don't taste as good. Okay. So I think you'll be fine. Like, give it a try. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> don't sue me if you're not fine. Okay. I uh, won't sue you. I, so, I mean, I haven't sued you yet. And you've given me all kinds of bad advice that, on this show. That is absolutely true. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I should I should definitely like yeah, consider myself in the clear at this point. Mm -hmm. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing. Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. Oh, come on. Really the best in the world? Yeah. Like, remember I watched those videos with uh, with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right. You And you have been sinking so many threes <laughs> since then. It's ridiculous. I just can't stop. Um, okay. Well, I took a class with Hans Zimmer, film composer. Maybe you've heard <laughs> of movies such as The Lion King. Mm. Maybe mm -hmm. you've heard of Gladiator. Yep. The Dark Knight. Dune. He did all of those. I loved And Dune. now he's teaching me how to do it. Like the art of making Has people feel to things to, to teach me. Yeah. Yeah, because, because I've got a master class subscription. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say, from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Orolenghi, yeah. you can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're 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 on masterclass. Yes. But private lessons he from right. Odalengi doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does. That's right. So masterclass makes all of this possible and you get unlimited access to the very world's best teachers. And you will get 15% off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Poppy seed paste is the most common filling for hamantaschen. And uh, have you ever ground poppy seeds? I haven't. I, mean, I haven't either. Just in a mortar and, and pestle? You can do it in a mortar and pestle. There's also They also make poppy seed grinders with like a little crank, mm. which looks and fun. Have you ever tasted ground poppy seeds or poppy seed paste? 
In a hamantashen, yes, absolutely. Okay. Like straight, no. Okay. That would probably be a good way to really get the poppy seed flavor. Sure. In a hamantashen or other pastry like that, is the paste sweetened? It is, yes. Okay. Okay. Used in cakes and muffins, obviously. Poppy seed rolls are really common in Central and Eastern Europe in a variety of countries. And it's like a yeasted roll cake, so like a thin yeasted dough spread with poppy seed paste rolled up and baked and then sliced. I love um, the thought of that. Yeah, it's. I'm sure – you know, do you know the little Prague bakery that shows up? Uh, <laughs> that, that shows that was up. The, the little Prague bakery founded by members of King Crimson. Um, <laughs> no, it's at Farmer's Markets. At Farmer's Markets yeah. in, in Seattle. I'm sure they have something like a poppy seed roll, oh, if yes. not literally just a poppy seed roll. Yeah. So, Matthew, so something that I think about people loving to use poppy seeds in is salad dressing. Yeah, I sort of forgot that. So I never use poppy seeds. Let's get this out there, okay. right? Okay. Like, I, I like them fine. I think they're really good in a in an almond or, or a lemon muffin or pound cake. That's kind of as far as it goes for me. Okay. Um, what what so, kind of bagel do you order these days if you go buy a bagel? Sesame or uh, cheddar jalapeno. <laughs> Okay, great. All right. Still no poppy seeds. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I do like an everything bagel. Those usually have poppy seeds always, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but have, have you, have you had a poppy seed salad dressing? As soon as I Googled it, there were like a million recipes. It, oh my gosh, tons of recipes. Okay, so here's the thing. I think of poppy seed dressings as being on the sweet side. Mm. A lot of people like sweet salad and dressings. I do not like a sweet salad Me dressing. Me neither. I do not put any sweetener of any kind in my salad dressing. I don't want it. Matthew, I think it's snowing. Whoa, is it? See? Maybe. The flakes look white and and slow. I think it's I think it's like a wintry mix. Oh, wintry mix. That's mm-hmm. right. Did you see the hail yesterday? Oh, yeah, we were in the hail. I I was in the hail too. I was outside weeding. So wait, it hailed like right after like we we went to see uh Kotz Kotz J, is that Kid of the Show June? Kid of the Show June. Performing in a uh, children's play and then it hailed like right after that. Oh, I was indoors at the cast oh, party. <laughs> right, because Watson and I went to uh, get soft serve at Indigo Cow on uh, on 45th, which was excellent, and uh, got hailed on. Oh, wow. Okay, I got hailed on yesterday. Wow, this is a really interesting tangent. Mm-hmm. You got hailed on like a cab. Uh, hang on. But uh, Matthew, back to poppy seed dressing. I really like actively dislike a salad dressing that has been sweetened. Yeah, I usually do too. Sometimes sometimes I'll get a dressing in like a like a Japanese or Thai restaurant that's obviously sweetened that kind of hits the spot, but in general I agree. Mhm. Uh anyway, so I I have never encountered a poppy seed dressing that I liked. In fact, I would actively avoid anything labeled poppy seed dressing. Okay. You heard it here. Yeah. Oh, this just in. We just got uh, more canceled. (laughs) Um, Apparently, they're really good in buttered egg noodles. People do that a lot. That sounds good to me. I would try that. That sounds really good. Okay. Um, I read that poppy seeds used for bird seed are called maw seeds. This is according to Wikipedia. Molly, you are our local bird feeder. Do you know of maw seeds? I don't. I don't. No. I I use sunflower seeds. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really interesting. Remember when we did a sunflower seed episode and they were really hard to crack? I still don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand people just absentmindedly shelling sunflower seeds with their teeth. I mean, I think it's a thing you do if you've got a lot of spare time. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, is this why it happens in like the dugout? Because you're just like waiting for your turn. And yeah, whenever I'm in the dugout, I'm, I'm just like kicking around, like chewing on on like I got I got my chaw. I've got my snuff. I got my sunflower seeds. Do you have your moss? I got my moss seeds. <laughs> and like by the, by the time I get out to the mound, no, to the uh, what's <laughs> the, the, the batter's the box? Plate. To no, the, yeah, the, by the time uh, I get to the plate. Yeah, it's the, okay. I, by the time I step up to the plate, might like I've like. <laughs> pockets of so many different things in my in various parts of my mouth and uh i i have that not to mention all the pockets of your clothing yes yeah no no, like (laughs) i am a walking time capsule i've got like a king crimson cassette in one pocket what is the deal with king crimson (laughs) i don't know i said it once and then i couldn't stop saying it when you say king crimson for some reason i keep picturing george clinton and like like Different. I mean, both both like cool people from the 60s, 70s. Yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. Oh, wait, King Crimson did Dancing in the Moonlight. Did they? Uh, Is that right? Well, we're going to find out. OK, I'm not sure if that's right, but you're uh, probably hold on, right. Hold on. <laughs> King Crimson. It was prog rock. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. No, King Crimson did like like 20, 21st century schizoid man. 20th century. I, I don't remember the title. King Crimson hits. Oh, yeah, no, these are... They're like weirdos. Yeah, no, this is... None of this is stuff I know. What was King Crimson's biggest hit? Starless. I think... So King Crimson, I think, is one of those bands either you know nothing about or everything about, and I know nothing, so... I know nothing. Okay. Uh, all right, listeners, like, uh, which... But wait, can I share some of the, the, the song titles? Yeah, please. One is called The Battle of Glass Tears. Oh, that but, is Prague. But, uh, hold on. Hold on. This one, I think, is, is appropriate to our show. Okay. This one is Lark's Tongues in Aspic. I have heard of that song. I don't know if I've really? heard it. Yes. Wow. That, yeah, but yeah, that is appropriate. That is next week's topic. <laughs> All right. Matthew, anything else we need to say here about poppy seeds? Ma. I mean, nah. Okay. Uh, we have some spilled mail today. It's from listener Sophie, who writes, Yesterday I stumbled upon a few old episodes of How It's Made, and it got me thinking, are there any foods you like watching get made? Watching anything produced at an industrial scale fascinates me, even the basics like bread and cheese. Molly, what do you like watching get made? Ooh, God. You know, the first thing Love. that I... The first thing that I thought of... <laughs> Jeez, Matthew. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I saw I made the stupidest face. You made such a stupid face. You looked at me and you were you were like barely stifling a giggle. Okay. You know, something that I enjoy, and I feel like this is pretty obvious, is I, I find it intoxicating to watch saltwater taffy being pulled. Oh, yes. Like, I cannot figure out where the strands are going. Like, I don't understand what's happening with the machine. It looks like a it corpus is, callosum. It, <laughs> yes. Right? It's connecting the left and right hemispheres of, of the world. It brings humanity together it to really just does. watch. To the seaside. I know that that's, like, really obvious, but I find it extremely pleasurable. Yeah. I have been watching, this is not my now, but wow, but it, it could be in principle. 
I, I've been watching this show on Netflix called uh, The Makanai Cooking for the Maiko House. Have you heard of this? It no, I've been watching Love is Blind. <laughs> okay, it was recommended to me by a friend of the show, Becky Selingit. The, the premise is like um, these uh, two two teenage girls from uh, from northern Japan go to Kyoto to uh, to train as as uh, Maiko to, to become uh, Geiko Geisha and uh, one of them does really well and the other one is terrible at it but is really good at cooking and so she becomes like the cook for the house where everyone lives and trains to, to be Maiko okay. um, there is some amazing cooking in that and like the stuff that I really like watching get made is like not like special unusual food but like ordinary food made by someone who's really good at it mm. like mm. Um, so from from my recent trip to Tokyo duh so, so from that show first of all like on the second episode she makes Yakodon, which is uh, chicken, chicken and egg on rice, which is a just beautiful dish to watch being made perfectly, like getting the eggs set at the perfect texture and then like doing like it's like made with two layers of eggs and then you like slide it out onto the rice. It's just like balletic movements. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love watching tempura get made. Oh, my God. When you and I went to that tempura place. Tenta, yeah. Yes, that's famous for tempura fried eggs. Oh, no, no, that, uh, Tenske, yes. Yes. I could have watched that man. I mean, that, that man was a real performer. I yes. mean, he loved to, like, make eye contact with one of the diners sitting at the counter as he is, like, effortlessly cracking this egg into a cauldron of bubbling oil. Yeah. It's, it was amazing to watch him. But anyway, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, like, making tempura, like, like you know, that the uh, the cook has to, like, monitor, like, a, a bunch of different pieces in hot oil at the same time and know exactly when each one is going to be ready. The ones who are good at it, like, you know, do not do not indicate in any way that this is, is mentally taxing. It's just like, okay, you know, I can know what's going on with that piece, that piece, that piece. No problem. It's mm -hmm, great. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was a really good question. It was a really good question. Yeah. Thank you so much, listener Sophie. Molly, what you snacking? Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking. Or I'll release the kraken. So what you snacking? What you snacking? So... I go months at a time kind of forgetting that Trader Joe's exists. Mm -hmm. But then when I do go, I, I am always reminded again of the existence not only of Trader Joe's, but of Baby Bell. Mm -hmm. Okay? For some reason, I only ever buy Baby Bell cheese at Trader Joe's. Okay, sure. And as a kid, I hated Baby Bell. Like, I just thought it was so weird. Like, the texture's weird. You know, it has that processed cheese texture. It's a yeah. little, it's like firm, but it's also creamy. It's really how, weird. How different is Baby Bell from Laughing Cow? You know, okay, Laughing Cow is more spreadable. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Laughing Cow is, is almost, yeah, I, I think Laughing Cow is difficult to, like, uh, transport without smushing, for instance. Yeah, that is true. Okay? Whereas Baby Bell is, like, designed to be transported. It I, is transporting. I'm now imagining a, a movie, like, in the mode of Wages of Fear, where someone is trying to transport a big load of... Uh, Baby Bell? Of, I mean, of Laughing, Laughing Cow. Without smushing it, and it's very intense. Well, this is probably why Laughing Cow comes in that wonderful packaging. The, yes. you know, the yeah. disc. Mm -hmm. All this to say, I have been really enjoying Baby Bell in a way that I never would have as a kid because as an adult, I, I kind of like that weird, like mild Gouda flavor and kind of 
slightly gummy texture. I haven't had I'm it in a while. It. And, and Watzel does bring it home from Trader Joe's. Sometimes next time I'm going to crack into one. It's not that I dislike it. I just sort of forget it's there. You know, it's and not it's, it's not great, but it gets the job done and it's satisfying. It looks like it looks like it's really satisfying to peel the wax off, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's just I like the flavor of it. It's it's quite creamy tasting and creamy feeling. June had thought that that they didn't like Baby Bell. But uh, recently I threw a couple in my bag when I was driving them somewhere and June was like, can I try one again? They really liked it, but also said you really need to have water nearby when you're eating this. Like, I think the feeling, like it's almost like mouth coating. Mm, mm-hmm. Anyway. Like a Celeste pizza for one. That's exactly right. Anyway, but all this to say, I'm really, I'm having a Baby Bell moment and it is a perfect snack. Ah, uh, Baby Bell moments. I've been snacking on a gift from uh, mom of the show, Judy Amster. It's Valrona Guanaja Fevs. So 70% uh, chocolate, uh, like discs, sort of bean-shaped discs. Mm-hmm. Perfect for snacking. I have finished them already. Ugh, um, but uh, like Valrona is my favorite snacking chocolate, and, and she got me exactly what I wanted. Thanks, mom oh, of the show. Way to go, Judy. Uh, Matthew, do you have a now but wow this week? I do. Uh, well, first of all, I do recommend uh, the Mock and I cooking for the Myco House. I've only watched two episodes, but it's great. And I'm sure most of our listeners can't stand it when I do this. But as we've established, we don't have any listeners left. So only you can be annoyed with me. But I am uh, recommending a, uh, a comic that is currently only in Japanese. And I don't know if or when it will be translated. But I know we do have some listeners who speak Japanese. This is called um, Ohitori-sama Hotel, uh, which means like... Um, one one person hotel. Okay. By uh, Maki Hirochi, who is the author and illustrator of uh, Is Kichi Joji the Only Place to Live and Sketchy and other excellent comic series. The thing I love so much about a Maki Hirochi series is that she will start with a premise that seems too thin to be even called a premise and then just like spins gold from it for book after book. And this is like the first in a new series. And it's about uh, Shio Kawasan, a uh, woman who works uh, as like an interior decorator for like a decoration staging firm, I think, and uh, like for for research and just because she likes to, goes and stays in hotels by herself. And there is very little more to it than just seeing how this person like lives and like experiencing her internal monologue when she is staying at a variety of different hotels by herself. How do you so, Matthew, for those of us who are interested in reading these, uh, whether or not we speak or can read in Japanese, how are you finding this stuff? My first Maki Hiroji book was was one of the Kichi Joji series, which I just found at a bookstore in Japan. And I was like, this looks interesting. And that one has been translated. That one has been translated. It's only available as an, e- an e-book, but I highly, highly, highly recommend that. Can I find it through the library? I don't know. That's okay. a good question. But it is it's on it's on Kindle and it's quite inexpensive. Okay. And there are six volumes of that. So so this I just saw she had a new book and I'm like, she's one of my favorites. I'm gonna get that book. I actually bought it twice by mistake. <laughs> and did you buy it on Kindle? Like, uh, like no, a- this one I have, I have the the pa- a paper copy. I can go grab it and show you. No, I'm just interested in how you learned about it. Yeah, this one just because because uh, like I was already kind of following her. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other funny thing about this book is that it is based on a popular Instagram account which I started following, which is just uh, this woman who who like you know uh, chronicles her stays at hotels. 
and and takes beautiful pictures. So Maki Hirochi turned this Instagram account into the premise of a book. Oh my, that is brilliant. Yeah, and so like there is there is very little to it other than like you just kind of learn who this person is and why she likes staying in hotels and what she likes and doesn't like about particular hotels. Yet it is a page turner and like I think Maki Hirochi is one of the best writers I know and I hope her work becomes huge worldwide. Please translate this book. Yay, okay. Very good to know, Matthew, thank you. Uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners at... EverythingSpilledMilk.reddit.com. Great. A delightful community. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. I'm uh, uh, Corpus Spongiosum. <laughs> I'm Corpus Cavernosum. <laughs> God, I can't believe you did that, Matthew. <laughs> That's so dumb. You started it. I did. Our producer, wow, I'm, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to do a whole other episode. Oh, no. And then you can nap. Okay. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.